You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. David Green is the co-host of NPR's Morning Edition. His new book is Midnight in Siberia, A Train Journey into the Heart of Russia. David, would you read to me from the book, please? I'd be glad to. On the Trans-Siberian Railway, I began to see a thin line of constancy connecting Russia's cities and its steps, its problems and its potential, its past and its future. Cultural heritage seems to pervade a nation that stretches from Europe to Pyongyang and Alaska, making some customs and ways of thinking feel the same through all of Russia's extremities. And across this vast country, the emotion that remained constant was an uneasy frustration. Here are millions of people across different landscapes, climates, and communities, all with families they love and ideas to offer, but almost universally unable to answer some simple questions. Where is your country going, and what do you want for its future? I learned a lot from that trip in 2011, but not nearly enough. I wanted to see more, wanted to meet more people. I knew that even though my career had taken me back home, my time in Russia was far from finished. I would be getting back on that train. David, this is such an incredible journey that you take. I'd like you to talk about the scale of this journey from one end to the other. It's not just rail, is it? It's not just rail. It was a lot of rail, but um, we got off the train a bunch of times. I mean, you can do this trip in five or six days if you stay on a train the entire time, but then I feel like you're not seeing much of Russia and not meeting enough people. So we got on and off the train and often used other modes of transportation. There was one point where we wanted to get to Chelyabinsk, which is the city where the, uh, you, you might remember a meteorite landed, fell out of the sky over Russia, and I wanted to see if I could both meet people there and and pick up some intergalactic souvenirs, these little pebbles that were still remaining. I'm kind of a Star Wars guy, so I was excited about that, and so we took a bus, which made the train seem like uh, luxurious. Uh, And then at one point, we were in Lake Baikal, which is this, it's just a gorgeous freshwater lake in the far east of Russia. It freezes fully during the wintertime, and you can cross it by foot, although it's really far, or by bicycle, and we rented a beat-up hovercraft and crossed Lake Baikal, the snow of Lake Baikal, on a hovercraft. So a few times off the train, but most of the most of the miles we covered were by train. One of the things that makes this book so wonderful are all the great characters you create in this book and all the people you meet. Talk about uh, somebody who pops up early and often, Aunt Nina. Uh, Aunt Nina was, she is quite a character. Uh, she is uh, my colleague, uh, Sergei's aunt. Uh, she lives in the city of Nizhny Novgorod, which uh, is a few hours east of Moscow. She worked at a prison during Soviet times, and that made me want to learn more about the gulag system in Russia. And I was really sort of struck because she almost acted like she didn't know anything about the existence of gulags. She said that her prison wasn't one of them. It wasn't for political prisoners. It was more for criminals. But it just, it was sort of a window to me that someone could sort of work every day at a prison but not even either know about or want to talk about the larger picture 
you know, this ugliness from Soviet times that we, you know, feel so conversant about in the United States. We feel like we know all about it. And Aunt Nina also gave me very tough love. Uh, Sergei's family treated me to an entire spread of dinner and many, many, many shots of vodka, toasting Sergei being there to see his family, toasting me and American being there, toasting everything else. And uh, Aunt Nina really needed to nurse me to health uh, the next morning, which she did, but uh, with some tough love. You know, one of the things that I find incredible is that you visit the Kalashnikov Museum, and as you put it, Kalashnikov is the Coca-Cola of Russia. Yeah, really important um, in terms of brand and industry, and it's it's there's something sad about an important brand in Russia being such a killing machine. Um, and listening to Kalashnikov talk about his father, who has since passed, who was the inventor of you know the Kalashnikov, the AK-47, and and kind of the struggle um, with you know accepting that this thing he invented had killed so many people around the world, but believing that he was just doing his job, creating something that would make uh, the military in his country stronger, and that it is politicians and others who bear the responsibility for you know, making the bad decisions that allowed these things to get into the wrong hands. Just a really memorable conversation. One of the things I found most interesting about this book is the way that you and your wife talk together during the train trip. So talk about taking your wife with you on this huge train trip across Russia. <laughs> uh, it, it was, I feel sometimes like I did something cruel. <laughs> my wife is not that big a fan of the cold. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. My wife is, her name's Rose, and she is in many ways a much better journalist than I am, even though she's not a journalist professionally. She, she has such a curiosity about people. She has such unbelievable patience and just a desire to sit and listen and meet new people and... You know, I feel inspired by her in that way. So I feel like she makes me a better journalist every day. So to see a place through her eyes and experience it together as a couple and not alone uh, really just elevated the experience in so many ways. She did get upset at me a few times for what I put her through. Uh, she actually she did the first trip with me I did on this train in 2011. She came back for a week of the trip I did for this book uh, last year. And I hadn't told her that we were going third class, which is just sort of open dormitory rooms. And the train we happened to get on was entirely all men except for her. Uh, and it was rowdy, and it was a bunch of guys who were, you know, staring at her, celebrating jokingly and obnoxiously that a woman had gotten on the train. She pulled out her iPhone and started recording a video. And she said, she, she pointed the camera at both of us and she said, hello, future children. The fact that you are alive means that my marriage to your father survived what he is putting me through right now. So just look. And she pointed the camera and showed the train car. And so that's great. That's wonderful. And now our kids will be able to see what I put her through because the Trans-Siberian Adventure can be, it can be a little rough. But, uh, but it, it, was, it was great to, to have her on board, so to speak. And, and she does. I, I mean that sincerely. She makes me a better journalist. I, I love the way that this journey is made up not just of 
stops but of people. So I'd like you to talk about orchestrating the characters to create an arc of character arcs. You know, I it, it makes it sound um, <laughs> it makes it sound like I didn't have to put much effort into this book, but you know, I didn't do much orchestrating. I mean, I I really there were such rich personalities and stories and people uh, each place you know that we would visit that it was very easy to just literally tell their stories um, and I wanted this book to be that style that was very important to me I love journalism when you're just being a listener and learning and being curious you know it's it's the style of journalism I love the most in my job now it's the style I loved the most when I was a political reporter when I was in Russia and so to be able to do a book where it's it just giving a reader I hope the sense of you're right next to me here's someone we met let's ask them some questions and learn something you know it, it didn't take much effort because it, it honestly was just bringing people and their stories to life you know I, I did very very little reorganizing um, and moving things around I mean a, a lot of it was just was just cutting things out but it the, the crux of the book, a lot of people say, how did you do this? You were working full-time at Morning Edition. It really, it was a trip. And it was, some, it, it was advice I got from, from uh, one of my writing coaches who just said, you know, spend a few weeks. You can put in all the analysis and other stuff and insights later, but just sit down and write the trip, the people who were there and what they had to say. And that's what I did. And, you know, while I added a lot of other stuff, you know, that sort of narrative arc from beginning to end uh, you know, remain true. I have to ask about the meteorite. I'm a Star Wars geek too, oh, and me too. I yes. loved that that whole report. It was so amazing to see the footage that came out of Russia on a cell phone. I know, isn't that crazy? <laughs> no, and and it was, and, and I don't know if you saw uh, John Stewart from The Daily Show. He had a blast. Um, just, s- just surprised that Russians did not seem that fearful or horrified that this large space rock was landing on their community which is amazing that it tells you something about sort of Russians are are stoic and prepared for anything. But yeah, I like getting getting one of those pebbles was pretty awesome, I have to say. David Green's new book is Midnight in Siberia: A Train Journey into the Heart of Russia. Thank you for speaking with me, David. Rick, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.